2: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Morgan Brien Birch, age 12, currently in sunny California. And today I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about some superb and fantastic topics, such as Born in China, The Star Wars Celebration, Fate of the Furious, Flugel's Destination Planet Earth, Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek, and The Boy Who Cried Wolf. And our sponsor for today is Octonauts. And right now, we are going to be talking to the fantastic Benjamin, who is 11 years old in Washington, D.C., about Born in China. So how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you?
3: I'm doing terrific. So what was this movie about? It's about three different animals. One is a panda named Yaya, who's raising her young cub surrounded by a bamboo in peace. One is a snow leopard named... Dawa, and she struggles to take care of her cubs while living in harsh conditions. And then there is a Tao Tao, a mischievous monkey, who leaves his family because he can't find attention there, and then goes to join a group of outcasts.
2: Now, I personally absolutely love this movie, but what was your
3: take on this um, this film? I really enjoyed it, and I've seen a lot of the um, Disney nature documentaries before, that i I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a very beautiful film. Now, also, what was one of your favorite scenes? Uh, my favorite scene is probably when the film explores a pastime from s- snub monkeys. It's when they're ripping tree, when they're ripping branches off of trees, seeing the branches fly and the monkeys fly with them. I just thought was quite funny.
2: Yeah, that was, that was very different. And it also, I really liked the fact that he went and joined them and went to join the Lost Boys. Cause didn't it remind you of Peter Pan a little bit? Like how he went to join the Lost Boys and gang up with them? Um, sort of, yeah. Now, I also really did enjoy the fact that they had all these animals incorporated with each other and how they told it through one entire story. Did you enjoy that
3: factor at all? I did like the main, so the main three animals, Tau Tau, Tao Tau, Dawa, and Yaya, but I felt that this subplot with the Chiru was unneeded. There is a subplot chronicling the journey of a herd of Chiru, and it just, there's, it, the, one of the best parts about this film is that I felt it really showcased basic values to the animals, and the Chiru storyline just felt like extra baggage for the film's story. Really? Because I actually liked that factor.
2: I liked that they had the Chiru and that they included that. I thought that was something very different and I thought that was adorable when they had the babies being born and everything. And I thought that was really cool that they included the antelope factor because Chiru is a different kind of antelope. But I understand your point of view, but I do wish that they did add more of that factor as well. And also, what would be one of your
3: uh, favorite animals? Or um, favorite characters? I think it's Toto, Because Tao, he's just very... I understood him well. Um, and he... I really... Under, I kind of... Even though I don't have any siblings, I kind of understood why he left, and he, I I felt sort of bad for him, He, because he seemed kind of lost. I understand that, and he
2: is actually my favorite character as well, but I also had a really deep emotional consideration for Mai Mai and her um, mom, Yaya. I absolutely love the
3: two of them together. What do you think of the pandas? I thought they were adorable, and that was another storyline that I really enjoyed. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids
2: Network. Today, we're talking about some magnificent things like Born in China, the Star Wars Celebration, the Fate of the Furious, Flugel's Destination Planet Earth, and Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek. And our sponsor for today is Octonauts. And right now, we're going to be talking and continuing our interview with Benjamin with Born in China. So we were just talking about the pandas, so let's continue on and talk about the snow leopards. Now, what did you think about Dawa's story? Because that one I thought was very heartfelt and it really touched me as
3: well. Yeah, I re- really enjoyed Dawa's story um, because I felt like that was the really the one that kind of was most captivating in some ways because it just had a lot of different elements. And you weren't sure what was going to happen to Dawa and her cubs for most of the time. Yes,
2: and that was, it was so um, sad and emotional. And it had me like wanting to pet them, but you could tell that they weren't the hugging type. Because you were just like, I want to cuddle. And then you were like, okay, their hunting skills are crazy. No thanks. And a little note for adults and kids. They do show hunting skills in this film, so I would be aware of that. And did you um, like that factor, and would you
3: agree that that was happening at all? I agree. I didn't think it was overdone. I felt like it was sort of reflecting what they actually do. I would give this film an age rating of 4 to 18, probably, because I felt it was really just, other than that, it's fine, but the little bit of animal violence they show could be alarming to young children.
2: I agree, and it is right a G, and it's very educational as well. And did you like ever find parts of this documentary to be like uh, weird or any parts like that? Because I personally thought it was very fun and educational at the same time, but some other people might have different points of
4: views.
3: No, I didn't think there were any parts that were very abnormal or anything. I thought overall it was um, just a very pretty movie with some great storylines, and yeah, it was has some educational value to it, so. Definitely,
2: and what did you think of the cinematography? Because in one of the scenes, they show you flowers blooming in uh, fast-paced motion, and they also show you aerial views
3: and all kinds of different things like that. Now, did you like that? Because I personally loved it. Oh, yes, definitely. I thought it was really beautiful, and I felt the, the footage of the animals was really good. Because it really helps you uh, sort of understand their personalities and sort of um, understand them a little bit better. And I also really liked some of the aerial shots because I felt that they really captured the landscape well and gave you a better idea of the sort of um, where you, the animals were living.
2: Yeah, it did give you a really good concept of the environmental changes that they had to go through because Dawa was on the highest plateau so finding food was difficult for her while the pandas were surrounded by bamboo and they ate 40 pounds a day and I was like, I want a panda and then I was like, okay, I'm going to need to save a lot of money for that because if I want bamboo plants, they're expensive and you're going to be like, you need to grow those for a long time if you need 40 pounds a day. Now, did you find any of the facts in this film to be um, kind of fun and entertaining to learn? And did you, like, think any were
3: surprising at all? There wasn't anything that I was really surprised by. Um, I feel like that's why maybe I think there will be some facts, though, for younger children who may not be as familiar with the animals. Um, And I did think, though, that I learned a couple new things just about sort of the adaptations and sort of what the animals look like in some ways definitely you can understand that as well and
2: were you were were you surprised that that's what china looked like because i have a few friends who live in china and they were like well it's so city-like and they have tons of uh pictures and you know most people picture it as a place with tons of smog and a lot of places that have different things with just cover with
3: plastic and all that, treachery. Sort of. I think every country has different sides to it. And, like, there's some parts that'll be urban and some parts that have a lot more nature, so... And also, how many stars would you give this film? Um, I'm gonna give it three and a half. I really liked it. I think it's very good for young children. And what happened to the other stars? I just felt like it was it was good for what it was, but it's not gonna stick with me for a very long time. And I felt the subplot with the Chiru just felt really out of place. So Hmm, that makes
2: sense. Well let's take a break. I am Morgan Brian Birch and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Our sponsor for today is Octonauts, and make sure to check out Born in China in a theater near you, and it's coming out just in time for Earth Day and it's in theaters right now.
0: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no
1: artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
5: Hey, and welcome back. I'm Mia, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about Born in China, and we will be talking about Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek, The Fate of the Furious, Star Wars Celebration, and Flugel's Destination Planet Earth. And right now, I will be talking to Benjamin, who is 11 and lives in Washington, D.C., about The Fate and the Furious. So my first question, Benjamin, is what is The Fate and the Furious about?
3: It's the eighth installment in the Fast and the Furious franchise, and it basically centers on its main protagonist, Dominic Toretto, going rogue. He leaves um, a key ally named Luke Hobbs on the side of the road and injured, and goes to work with a cyber terrorist by the name of Cypher. His team and friends try to figure out why Dom has changed sides and um, to take him down. This seems like a more complicated plot with a bunch
5: of different, well, action and stuff. So what did you think of the acting in this film?
3: Normally when you go into an action movie, there's not amazing acting. I didn't think any of the actors deserve high praise, but I just guess they did their jobs pretty well. I will say, though, two standout performances, m- primarily comedic, were Tyrese Gibson as Roman Pierce. I felt he was very funny and added a lot of energy to the role. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson I also felt was very good as Luke Hobbs because he maintained his persona as an action hero while also proving that he was actually sort of funny.
5: Yeah, that's good, because even if there is some bad actors, at least you have a couple main stars that aren't as, well, funnier than the rest. So, there. since it's action, I'm expecting a bunch of, like, you know, bombs and special effects
3: like that. So what did you think of the special effects? Um, so i have never seen a fast and the furious film before this one and so i didn't really know what was going on going in except that i knew that the action would be crazy and i believe i was right uh the action is ridiculous but i think the movie sort of accepts that the action is ridiculous and has fun with it so yeah that's good because it's good to I hate movies that are just they are
5: trying to be so serious yet it's so cheesy. And since you said that you haven't seen any of the other Fast and Furious movies, what would you say to anybody who hasn't seen them and want to go and wants to go see this movie?
3: Um, I'd say go see it. I really enjoyed it and had a very good time. There are a couple of little cameos that will be fun for fans of the franchise. Other than that, I think you can be, as an outsider to this, I can see you not having a terrible time watching this film. Yeah, that's good, because sometimes there's eight of these movies, so you
5: obviously don't want to go, well, I mean, unless you do, you probably don't want to go all the way back to the first movie and watch all seven of them just to see this movie. So how do you think this movie compares to all the other action movies, since there are a lot of action movies, and
3: yeah... I think most action franchises are different in their own way, and I think is the Fast and the Furious has really sort of evolved as the franchise has gone on, and it's learned that it's like it shouldn't take itself too seriously, and now I think it sort of knows what the fans want to see. So by blending in the cheesy dialogue, the um, ridiculous action feels just goes a little bit better with it. It is good to know what your audience wants, and
5: then you'll obviously get more viewers, and then all your audiences will be happy, so then people will want to go see this movie. So you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we have been talking about Born in China, and I just finished talking to Benjamin about the fate of the furious, and right now I'm going to continue talking to Rowan about Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek. So, Rowan, my first question is, can you just tell us a little bit about what Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek is about?
6: Well, Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek is actually a DVD set of five episodes of the show Dino Dan Trek's Adventures. And what were some of those um, episodes about? Well, my favorite episode was Train of Dinos, which was about... Um, Trek, who is Dino Dan's, I believe, cousin, I don't know, wasn't specified on DVD, and he, and he was, and he went to his friend's house, and played with her train set, and then tried to implement dinos into the train set. And I saw some of the, um, clips and
5: trailers for Dino Dan, so... There is some real live footage and also animation, the dinos. How do you think um, that
6: made the episodes realistic or if it didn't really work at all? Well, I liked how they had different forms because in Train of Dinos, they not not only used the CGI dinosaurs over the actual footage, they also implemented some um, stop-motion animation to do the train set. I found this, like it actually kept the storyline going and stopped it from just getting boring. That's good to have a bunch of different animation styles and
5: just be more creative than, you know, other plain animation movies. So this, I'm guessing this is more of a a younger kid show. So what would parents expect education-wise if their kids were to watch these episodes?
6: Well, they did have lots of good information on set or dinos, one issue I found with this specific DVD set is it had five episodes and four of the episodes featured the same same dinosaur and the same information and it didn't really vary up. So basically, if you got this DVD set, you'll learn about four dinosaurs in five episodes.
5: So they kind of, like, stretched it out when they could have just kept it in one episode and have more information. Yeah, it's annoying sometimes. So speaking of, I guess there weren't a lot of dinos to, like, choose from and stuff, but what was your favorite dino and
6: human character? And, well, my favorite human character was Bobby's dad because he was a robot engineer and had tons of cool robots. Um, And my Favorite dinosaur character in this? Uh, I'm really not sure. I can't remember how to pronounce any of the names of dinosaurs. Well, that's okay. All diners, I
5: think, in my opinion, they're all really cool. So you said your favorite
6: um, episode was the train, but do you have a favorite scene in that episode? Oh, My favorite scene in that episode was a scene where his friend had, and so they implemented the dinosaurs into the train set, but the dinosaurs started this moving around and destroying the train set. I found this kind of funny, and then yeah, it's always good to have funny scenes in
5: little kid um, TV shows because they have short attention span, so it's good to keep them laughing and looking at the screen. So even though yes, it seems like a small little tv show um do you think um an older kid or like a parent could possibly
6: learn something off of watching this or do you think it's more definitely for younger kids and um, i think basically anyone could most likely learn about something in this show because they don't just use like very basic dinosaurs like t-rex and that type of thing they use dinosaurs that no one's really ever heard of unless they looked google dinosaurs or really love dinosaurs or walk like Dinosaurs. I have the D V D here and literally one of them is called the Dromaeosaurus, Pruden. Cos Cosmoceratops and Dracorex. I've never heard of any of those before I got this DVD. Yeah, me neither. So it's good to bring up new dinosaurs,
5: even if maybe they were made up what did you think since, I mean, these are dinosaurs and we already talked about a little bit of animation, but what did you think of the dinosaurs? Like, were they really realistic or did they really look like animation? Well,
6: they were very obviously like they, they didn't really do very well placing the dinosaurs over the, um, the dinosaurs themselves. If like put in front of a white background would look quite realistic, but with the, very detailed, high-quality video footage. It, they just appeared like you could... It, it was really obvious that they were CGI. Yeah, that's a bummer, because it's really
5: cool to have fantasy characters, but if they are animated right, it's a little bit of a disappointed. So, last question is, what do you think is the age rating, and what would
6: you give star
5: recommendation to these episodes? Why... I
6: think it would be good for ages 3 to about 10. It would entertain kids to about that age. And I also think parents would most likely enjoy watching it with their younger children. And I gave it 4 out of 5 stars. That's that's a
5: really good rating in age range, especially because we're kind of running out of, like, creative fantasy TV shows that focus on dinosaurs because it's mostly, like, fairies and stuff like that. So thanks for talking to me today, Rowan. Thanks for listening to me. (laughs) so let's take a break I'm Mia and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions and today's sponsor is
4: Optinox.
1: Kids Safe Mother Approved you're listening to Voice America Kids To become a Kids First film critic enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall
2: Good morning, Morgan Birch, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about some magnificent topics, such as Born in China, The Fate of the Furious, and Dino Dan, Dino Go and Seek. Later, we'll be talking about Flugel's Destination Planet Earth and the new Boy Who Cried Wolf in American Sign Language. And right now, we are going to be talking to Shelby, who is an 18 in Tampa, Florida, about the Star Wars celebration, which was live. And I'm super excited. So how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So
4: what was this event like going to, and what's it about? Okay. Well, Star Wars has been a been a, been here for a while. So it's been 40 years, and the whole idea of this uh, event is to celebrate the 40 years of, you know, all of the franchise and the, the movies and the, the TV shows. And so... Um, Basically, they started off this event and they, you know, they had a memorial for Carrie Fisher and, you know, they revealed uh, cool set secrets and how they did certain things on camera. And then after this huge event, then you got to see some people, you got to get autographs and you also, um, what was really cool was that you got to see movies and see weird tournaments and costume events. So it was very interactive and it was all about the fans. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So um, did you get to see like all the movies together or
2: how did the movies work out?
4: Well, um, it was, there's a lot of different rooms. So one room was like a movie room and um, I don't know, there's some people that are Star Wars rebels so they could see the animated and then you could see some of the originals. But uh, it really depended on what room you went to. Some days they had different things, and this was like a three-day event. And there's always something to do, whether you could go to a panel and, you know, get to ask questions to the creators and writers and actors. So it was it was really cool. And where was the event held at? Was it at uh, Disneyland, or was it at a movie theater, or...? Well, it was at Celebration Orlando. Um, It wasn't at Disneyland, but it was a convention center near Disney. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it was. So what movies did you see?
2: Because you said that they had all the Rebels and they also had the originals and all such. So which ones did you go specifically into?
4: Well, I went to the first one and I saw it. And then I decided, because I'm not... I used to be a real, like, big Star Wars fan, but I just needed to refresh a little bit. So then I also went to see the, some of the episodes of Star Wars Rebels, which it was really interesting because, um, you know, there's a lot of different stories in this galaxy. And so um, I think it was pretty cool how each main character had its unique own story and it kept it fresh and interesting.
2: And uh, did you actually get to be able to see the new Disney XD show, and did you like it
1: at
4: all? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's really hard to say, um, I guess because, you know, I love Harrison Ford and, you know, the original cast so much. So I think that that was a biased opinion. I wasn't a huge fan of it because I, I know what the originals are like.
2: I know, because I'm a huge fan of Legos, and a fun fact is actually the guy who voices Roger Roger, who is the robot in the TV show, if anybody's watching it currently, uh, he is actually one of the people who's been with uh, the fantastic series of Star Wars, and he's been working with them for uh, George Lucas and he's been part of the soundstage and he actually did some of the voices for Roger Roger. And so he knows like all the equipment there. And he said that he loves messing with the voices and everything. And (laughs) so he loves doing that. And he's been doing it for um, 40 years. He's been doing it since the uh, 20 years, sorry. And he's been doing it for a very long time and he loves it. And he's been having a blast ever since.
4: Wow, he have been doing it since the very first day that wow. Star Wars started. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, like, well, I, yeah, no, I mean, it's stuff like that that you don't know. Like, um, in the, the first event... George Lucas came out and I was like, what? No, I can't believe George Lucas is here. No one, no one informed me, no one informed me at all. So I was like freaking out and you know, people started interviewing him and asking him questions and like, how did he come up with this crazy, you know, world and then Harrison Ford came out and I I completely like lost it. I just couldn't handle the amount of surprise appearances. Like uh, Liam Neeson was there and Samuel Jackson and, you know, some of the other um, actors, I can't think of their names right now, but it was just, it was a total surprise. And it was just such a treat to sit there and listen to, you know, how much fun that they had. And, you know, some people were talking about that it was one of the best acting jobs that they had because, you know, so many people, it was just, there were so many people working on it, but it felt like a huge family. And it was it was just such a treat and I was totally fangirly in my seat. I don't blame you. I would just be like, oh and
2: that just <laughs> happened. And I, I would just be like, grab the popcorn,
4: grab the popcorn, can you sign my arm? <laughs> like I'd be like grabbing the autograph books and being like, I don't care. And I'd <laughs> asking myself like, is this a dream
2: sequence? Please ask me if this is a dream. I don't flash water, I don't care. uh, you're listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network today we're talking about some terrific topics such as born in china the star wars celebration right now the fate of the furious and later we will be talking about flugels destination planet earth and we will also be talking about um the magnificent the new boy who cried wolf in american sign language and we also talked about dino dan dino go and seek And right now, we are talking to the magnificent Shelby, who is 18, about the Star Wars celebration. And let's continue with our fabulous interview. So, we were just talking about what it would be like uh, to meet the wonderful person who came up with Star Wars, uh, George Lucas. And it would be like pinching yourself and everything. So, let's
4: (laughs) continue with that. Um, Who else did you get to meet? Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, well... Billy D. Williams is there, um, and the, the great thing about this celebration is that um, because there were so many giant rooms that you could go into, like, at certain times, you could um, see their shows, and you could ask questions, so it really depended on, like, what was your time frame, um, but some other people, I can't think of the actor, but the actor that played Anakin Skywalker, um, oh, gosh. I can see their faces, but I can't think of their names. Um, I mean, there was just so many surprise appearances. Even um, Gary Fisher's daughter uh, came and they had a tribute to her and Um, Some of the uh, cool things about the celebration is that um, you got to see, like, some of the Star Wars authentic. So you got to see pieces of sets, um, original costumes. So it was just, it was basically a scavenger hunt. So you just, wherever you ended up, you would find some, like, giant pleasure. (laughs) And, um, I mean, a lot of the writers were there. um, Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking about costumes,
2: did anybody like the writers and anybody like that wear any of the costumes or
4: uh, any costumes of the sort? Unfortunately, no. They were in jeans. And I, I mean, that's cool and all, but majority of the fans were dressed up. There were a lot of stormtroopers, which was kind of exciting, but kind of nerve-wracking because um, as you're walking... There's a lot there are a lot of actors that are dressed up as the original characters. So sometimes you couldn't tell if it was an actor following you or if it was an actual fan following you. And um, there's a lot of pictures that you could take, like R2-D2, there was so many of them rolling around and bumping into you on purpose and, you know, examining you. And, um, you know, of, of course, there were Jedis and um, all around you, there was like lightsaber fights and just crazy things happening that sounds magnificent. (laughs) So they had lots of cosplay people there. And speaking of which, did you actually dress up yourself? (laughs) Okay, I really thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe I should dress as Princess Leia. And then I decided not to, but I totally regret it, because I felt like an outsider. Like, Everyone was dressed up, and of course, you know this is forty years of you know movies, stories being told. So even little kids were dressed up. I'm talking about like five year olds dressed up. I felt so embarrassed because I should have totally geeked out at at the event, but I decided not to. Unfortunately, darn. And you know what? I actually just noticed this, but I'm actually wearing a shirt that says a Wookiee ate my homework.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> Did you um were there any Wookiees at the
4: place? Like did anybody dress up like the famous character, the Wookiee? Yes, absolutely. And um I think the craziest thing for me was I took a picture with Chewbacca and I and I used to be afraid of Chewbacca. And so when I took the picture, like the costume felt so real and the, the actor that was, you know, hugging me had actual claws. So I was just kind of freaked out by even even the actors and the the people that were dressed up, how Accurate their costumes were like it was a, the real deal. Like if you haven't seen the movies, you would have thought that that was the original costume. Like they paid so much detail into their costumes and and even the way they walked. And you know, um, I think I saw someone that was dressed up as uh, Darth Vader and had like the voice and everything. Like it was just crazy. No. <laughs> I know, but the only thing I would have to say about costumes is that. You couldn't control some people. Like, there was a few people that dressed up in Star Trek costumes. And I just couldn't resist. And I was like, dude, listen. This is Star Wars, not Star Trek. You, you can't come to a Star Wars event dressed up in Trek outfits. You can't do that. Oh, I, gosh. I, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. I would just be like, dude, really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I I totally understand your point of view. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. This is simply magnificent. And uh thank you so much for telling us about this terrific event. Absolutely. So let's take a break. I'm Morgan Brian Birch and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions and our sponsor for the day is Octonauts.
5: welcome back i'm mia and you are listening to kids first coming attractions we have been talking about born in china dino dan dino go seek the fate of the furious star wars celebration flugel's destination planet earth and the new boy who cried wolf in american sign language and right now i am talking to morgan who's 12 and lives in la so
2: my first question is what is the flugels about so the flugels um the plot of the flugels is basically about these adorable little aliens who come to earth and they are on a mission to like find out about us humans and see what we're all about and like find out what mysterious and weird things we do and so they're all about like trying to figure out um what we're all about and so they ever like always wonder question and always ask well what are bubbles and like what's a garden hose what's a baby and they always like bump into weird little things and then they find out projects and at the same time they have fun doing it by like making it into games and um teaching kids a scientific method as well that
5: seems like a really actually good plot because What do you think of little TV shows? I think I mentioned this early on, but it's mostly like fairies and like dragons and like all those nice characters. But I I don't seem that they notice more of aliens like the flugels, unknown, like really unspecified characters like that. And I've also seen clips and like tiny bits of episodes, which I guess are clips about with the flugels. And I noticed that it's a mixture of live action footage and animation. So I was wondering, what do you think What do you think the live action and animation, like, how
2: does that mix for you? Um, I think that mixes actually pretty well because if you think about it, it's very different because most uh, TV shows who do this, they usually only have one or the other, and usually they only have animation or they only have live action. To teach about the functions of ordinary things around the house, they have the live action, which is different. And then they have the aliens as cartoons and all the things that they carry with them as cartoons as well and animated. But the humans and the surrounding objects are live action. And it's very different from what you see today at the theater, and I love that it wasn't repetitive, but at the same time it was silly and it had me laughing and I found myself wanting to do an experiment Experiment with the Flugels and like just jumping into the TV screen and becoming a Flugal and having fun. Yeah,
5: it's also kind of different because most movies that have mixes or like short clips are normally focusing on live action and have little hints of cartoon animation. But this is kind of the opposite, and the littler part is the live action. So since the aliens are more cartoon animation. How realistic do you think or believable um, these episodes were?
2: I think they were very believable because if you think of uh, aliens, most of the time you're like, they're going to be bigger and they're going to be scary and they're going to want to try and you know take over the planet. But these are adorable, fun-loving aliens that you know want to just find out about us. And that's something that is really helpful for kids and can really inspire them to help um, different people and be able to understand that everybody has their quirks and differences. And that can also be a good lesson in this um, TV show. And that's a really fun, different thing. And I think that it's believable the way that they were able to show the fun, adorable uh, flugels with showing them that they were aliens. And they didn't seem like the animation was too you know, simple or anything because at the same time of being very, uh, simple and unique, it also had dimension to it, which made it very fun to look at. And it's so colorful. Yeah, it's a good approach
5: for Zoolar kids that the aliens aren't big and scary like most of the tales about them are. So speaking of, since it's a little kid TV show, what age recommendation would you give
2: this, these episodes? Uh, The age recommendation that I would probably give this for this specific DVD, I would have to say it would be 5 to 18. will enjoy it, and they will learn a lot in the process because it's very creative and it's full of conversations for you and your children. And children will learn in a fun, new, adventurous way, and it will help them get... be great scientists and explore the ways that they can be able to help people. And it will help them become explorers when they are young and encourage them to do the same when they grow up. And next thing you know, we'll have bigger and better gadgets and maybe even flying cars in the future. Yeah, it's really good to have like,
5: I guess, good for like if you're a parent or a babysitter, like an older sister watching this with that it would also maybe be somewhat interesting to you as long with the little kid. So that's something new, I guess, for little TV show, for little or kid TV shows to be more captivating to all audiences. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we have been talking about Born in China, Dino Dan, Dino Go Seek, The Fate of the Furious, Star Wars Celebration, and... We just finished talking about Flugel's destination planet Earth, and I will be continuing talking to Morgan about the new Boy Who Cried Wolf in American Sign Language. And again, my first question is, what is this new version of The Boy Who Cried Wolf about?
2: Well, the new The Boy Who Cried Wolf in American Sign Language is basically about a little boy who is the boy who cried wolf. And it's about him basically getting ready for a big surprise uh, for the giant wolf. And everybody's getting ready to make juice. And they're all waiting for the wolf to come so that way they can have another big, huge surprise party for him when he comes back to town with all the profits that he's earned when he sells the juice. Which is a really different twist and a different version on the original classic tale that we're used to hearing over and over again. But yet it still has the same morals and values and lessons that it teaches in the original
1: tale.
2: It actually seems like more of a good change
5: because before the story was more negative and, like, the wolf was bad and what the boy was doing, it seemed more bad since it was more big, like, event. And they changed it to some more uplifting, happy story. So how do you think this new version, you think, do you agree with me and, like, you think it's better than the
2: old one or would you rather prefer the old one um i think that this one has actually its differences but at the same time i do agree that they did put a classic tail spin on it and i do like the way that they made it more uplifting and happy so it would be better for um younger kids but i think it depends on your age as well because if like if you were a 13 year old watching this you'd be like i want it to be more scary and you'd want it to have more of the tail the twists and having the wolf be mean and all that is what i'm trying to say yeah i guess it is really um age oriented like whoever
5: prefers which but then again there's still also the old boy who cried wolf so really whatever age you are you could go watch either one of them and since this is in American sign language what did you think of the actors doing sign language and acting at
2: the same time? I would actually say that that's actually very something different because this is fantastic with the way that they were able to bring it up and do the sign language and it teaches kids sign language because the hearing impaired as well as the hearing can enjoy this at the same time and that can bond the two um, together and that can really have fun while we're watching this and the concept is really adorable the way that they have it um, all put together in one great animated or sorry live action fantastic film yeah it's
5: it's really good it's also different to have it's good for like people who I don't know maybe have like somebody in their family who loves these stories but also the other person like needs to do sign language because they're deaf or something it gives a new like way for more people to enjoy these classic fairy tales that we enjoy so what is the I know that there's a bunch of morals and messages in the regular ones so what do you think are some of the messages in this new version.
2: This story has many morals and lessons for children. And one of them is it's okay to mess up and make mistakes, but it's what you do that fixes them that counts the most. And it also includes lessons that will have children ready to help others. And it's also about the importance of working together because a lot during this uh, particular film or story, they tell what it's like to help make the juice together. So that's what really finds the telling of importance of working together and being able to have fun doing it.
5: It's a really good moral message teamwork. I don't think like any movie or TV show could stress on how much teamwork is really important to help you get by in life. And I've seen some of these in sign language episodes or short films. So what did you think of the cinematography?
2: The cinematography is actually very different and unique because it feels like you're in a story at the same time of watching the live action. Because in the background, they have everything hand-drawn. So it feels like you're in the telling of the book. And you're like, wow, this is crazy the way that they're able to do it with such perfection. And then the actors doing the sign language while acting it out is like wow that is just incredible the way that they're able to do that and that just adds on to the telling of the tale and it just brings a lot out in this short film yeah i agree when i saw
5: this because it's not like movie quality it's kind of like they're filming like a live play and i enjoyed the background just as much as you did so what is your who was your favorite character in this short film or episode I would
2: say that my favorite character would have to be. I really like the wolf, but on the other side, sa- um, other hand, I also really do love the energy and the fun character Clark Bennett, who is named a uh, small one, even though he has a really big jaw and i like him because his traits are of a real kid you know he had me laughing and he kept me entertained and he's also very kind and curious and he always tries to make up for the wrong that he has done and you can always tell that he just wants to be in the right and he always wants to help no matter what and he's like i'll do this big huge job and i'll be the lookout for the wolf and i'll do this and i'll let you guys rely on me and i try my best to not let you down
5: yeah it's really good to have it's almost like when kids are in movies and stuff they're normally like the crazy ones who are irresponsible but it's really good to have like kids showing other kids that it's okay to be like responsible and it's a good thing to like try your hardest in life and it just sends out a good message to all the kids and even adults or teens watching this episode or short
2: film so i really enjoyed talking to you today morgan Thank you. And really quickly, I want to say that the age range is five to 12 and kids will love learning how to communicate with sign language. And at the end of the film, they do teach you how to say a few of the words in sign language. And I would also give this uh, fun, energetic uh, short film four and a half out of five shooting sign language stars. Well, thank you
5: so much for joining us today. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps to learn how you can join our Kids First... Film Critics Team, go to www.kidsfirst.org and be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. And you can get there easily from our homepage at www.kidsfirst.org. The show is produced by Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice America Kids Network. And today's show is sponsored by Octonauts. I am Mia and thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.